Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. The Australian men's cricket team has today announced their 16-player squad to face Sri Lanka in five T20s starting in early February. World Cup winners David Warner and Mitchell Marsh won't take part in this series as they prepare for the Pakistan tour, which begins in early March. Aaron Finch will lead the squad that includes nine batters, including himself, Travis Head, Moses Henriques, Josh Inglis, Ben McDermott, Glenn Maxwell, Steve Smith, Marcus Stoinis and Matthew Wade, and it also includes seven frontline bowlers. Ashton Agar and Adam Zampa are the spinners. And there are five pacemen led by Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Mitchell Stark, Kane Richardson and Jai Richardson. As soon as Australia's squad dropped, I had a chat to cricket.com.au journalist Martin Smith. And I started by welcoming him back to the Unplayable podcast. Thank you, mate. Uh, good to be back again, filling in, filling in for Big Lou. I'll uh, keep the seat warm and then... Hand over to the big fella later. Well, you just said to me off air that the ratings spiked last time you were on, so let's hope that happens again today. I was meant to be off the record, Josh, but look, you've put it on the record now, so we'll see how we go after this one, eh? <laughs> That's right. Um, so what were your initial takeaways from the squad, which has just been announced? Uh, 16 players have been included, um, but no real surprises. Yeah, I guess the, probably the biggest compliment you could ever give a selector when they pick a squad is the less talking points, the better, right? I think this is probably one of the more predictable squads we've seen for a while, obviously coming off a World Cup win. Next World Cup's not long, not far away. You don't really need to make many changes. Um, I suppose the major talking points are the, the absences of David Warner and Mitchell Marsh, who've been, been, I guess, left out just to prepare for the Pakistan tour that's coming up. And I suppose that leaves that leaves a gap at the top of the order um, for at least one, one batter to come in and potentially two. Um, after Warner and Marsh did so well in the top three of the World Cup. So I think that'll be the interesting thing to watch over these five games. Yeah, so well, some of those inclusions include Ben McDermott, who you mentioned, uh, who's had a fantastic BBL. He's been player of the tournament. Uh, Travis Head comes back into the T20 squad for the first time in a while. Moises Henriques, who was on their West Indies and Bangladesh tours last year. And then we've got the return of Marcus Stoinis as well, who's been injured in the BBL, but he'll also come into that middle order. So there are, are a few opportunities for those top-order batters to make the name for themselves in this series. Yeah, I think I think McDermott's probably the major one there who, you know, he was named BBL player of the tournament this year. He scored 200s and a 90 in the Big Bash as an opener. Um, really interested to see how he goes. I guess he's he's been in and around the squad for a while. I think he's played 19 games high score of about 30-odd, and he said himself that he obviously hasn't taken his chance. But, look, you'd like to think that, you know, maybe he'll be given an extended run as an opener with Warner not there. He can just have five games to to establish himself. And with the form he's in, um, you'd be really – you wouldn't bet against him doing really well in this series. And and hopefully that's the confidence he needs to, to go along and be a long-term player because I think everyone can see the talent he's got. You, you talk to players and coaches around the country, they – they all rate him really highly. He just needs to take it, take it to that next level. And I think once he does, he, he'll be away. And I suppose a lot of his T20s have also been overseas as well. So he hasn't really had a good crack in the national team here in Australia. So maybe that's a point in his favour as well. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of them has been because of the the Finch, Warner, Maxwell Smith, the dominance of that top order. A lot of them have been in the middle order where, you know, he said himself it's it's not his preferred position. He he tried to bat there a couple of seasons ago for a whole season for the Hurricanes, and it was probably his worst big bash ever. So he's back at the top where he's most comfortable and look, all he can do is what he's done, which is again score the most runs in the big bash and um, yeah, hopefully he does well. And, and obviously with Warner and Finch looking a bit longer term, they're probably only a couple of years away from from departing the international arena as well. So I, I guess that's that'll be the real chance for McDermott looking longer term. Um, but with the World Cup coming up, we all know injuries happen at the last minute. So he's got to be ready and, and in the frame. I'll be interested to see how they use Glenn Maxwell, who um, batted in just about every position in the top order for the Melbourne Stars. And then we saw him blast that Huge century, uh, which and he's also scored a century for Australia, uh, opening the batting. So could we see him in maybe the top three? Is that somewhere that Maxwell might get a crack? I think, as always with Maxi, where he bats in, where he's listed to bat in the order is probably not necessarily where he's going <laughs> to bat. I think it's all it's all just circumstance. And look, I think I'd be very surprised if he does open. Um, for you know, Finch is obviously there, and, and as I said, you'd imagine McDermott will be given a go. Josh Inglis is there as well if they need another opener. But look, you know, depending on how Australia go in the game, you might see Maxwell at three. You could see him at six. You could see him anywhere. Um, it just depends um, how, the, how the innings is progressing. So look, yeah, he's another one who's in great form, obviously. And um, yeah, I guess it's just fine-tuning now. <laughs> Coming off a pretty high base of a World Cup win, I guess they've just got to try and keep that momentum going for another 10 months or so um, ahead of the World Cup at home. You made a good, another good point off air as well that Australia, uh, they only used four frontline bowlers in that World Cup victory, um, but we have seen in the past how much they've liked to use five frontline bowlers in matches in Australia. Now, the, those four that won that World Cup, they're all in the squad. Um, so who's going to be the fifth to come in? Will it be Agar again? Well, potentially, but uh, you know, I think that's the question is, do they revert back to that five-man attack that, they have liked in Australia, and particularly Langer did, did really well with the Scorchers and in Australia with a T20 team of five bowlers and, and six batters. Um, you know, do they do they revert to that? If they do, then you'd imagine Agar comes back in and with Warner and Marsh not playing, I guess that makes that decision a bit easier in terms of which batter you leave out. Um, but I guess, yeah, that'll be something that I'll have to think about because obviously the four bowler strategy worked really well in the UAE. Um I guess if they do stick with four bowlers, they've got to look at who their fifth bowler is. And I think Maxwell did pretty well in the UAE. You know, will he be as effective on Australian pitches with his with his off spin? I guess that's a discussion point. And and obviously with with Mitch Marsh not in this squad, I think Marcus Stoinis is coming back from an injury as well. So looking at this series, I guess that adds more credence to the theory that they will go back to to five bowlers, which is good news for Ashton Agar, who um, he was obviously disappointed to miss the World Cup, but had another great big bash, so he's ready to go if given the chance. And you had a good chat to Ashton just last week, so check out that article on cricket.com.au for Ashton's thoughts on missing that World Cup victory. But part of the squad, as you said. And the other interesting point, I suppose, is that Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins, who played majority of the test matches this summer, Pat Cummins just missed the one, um, we might, may see them get a rest as well throughout this series, so it gives an opportunity to Jai Richardson, Kane Richardson, and is there a fifth seamer there? There, Josh Hazelwood, I guess, as well. Yeah, well, Hazelwood's obviously back after, you know, missing the majority of the Ashes. Um, yeah, it's an, in- an interesting one. I think with the, I guess they've got, they've got, you know, the, the series is still a couple of weeks away, so they've got a couple of weeks off since the Ashes. Um, 
but yeah, look, that, that Pakistan tour, I think, starts maybe 10 days or so after that Sri Lanka series. So it's pretty, it's pretty constant for those guys. But yeah, look, they might, they might, might not play all five games, the likes of Stark and Cummins. But um, I'd imagine Hazel would be pretty keen to get back into things after sitting around and, and watching, watching his teammates win in Ashes without him most of the series. But again, good chance for Jai Richardson. Kane Richardson's done not much wrong in the last little while. He's still in and around. So there's a lot of pace depth there in the, in the shortest format as well. Was Hobart Hurricane star Scott Bolland a little bit unlucky not to make the squad after his recent form? Uh, well, that's a good question. It's something I didn't think about, actually. I, I guess, um, you know, maybe with an eye to those test, test series and that, that tour of Pakistan, they wanted to go back and play a bit of Shield cricket. Obviously, the, the Shield schedule's a bit all over the place with borders and obviously with, with Western Australia's recent decision. We don't actually have a start date for the Shield, um, but I believe they're, they're expected to be a couple of games um, before that Pakistan tour. So I suppose, oh, okay. the likes of Boland, I suppose the likes of Boland will go back there. Mitch Swepson as well, who was in that World Cup squad. The poor, poor fellas barely played any cricket over the last couple of months. He's not in this T20 squad, which gives him a chance to go back to Shield cricket for Queensland. Um, and the other one looking at Shield cricket is, is Will Bukowski as well, who um, you know has been playing a bit of club cricket. Uh, we all know the struggles he's had. So hopefully he'll be able to play for Victoria and see if he can get back into that test team, even though there's um, a couple of openers in Usman Khawaja and Marcus Harris who might make it a bit difficult for him. Definitely. Were, were there any other talking points that we can take out of this squad then? I think we've covered most of it. As I said, it's 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 a bit like the Aussie women's team. I think every time they name a squad, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's pretty much to be expected. There's no, never any major surprises. And I guess that's a sign of stability and a sign of a winning team. Um, but yeah, I think it, it'd be interesting to see if, if, if Josh Inglis does get a run in this series as well, obviously he was part of that World Cup squad and, and didn't quite get a game. And, and Travis Head, I guess, was probably a bit of a surprise. He hasn't been part of the White Ball setup for a while, but um, he's just in red-hot form, isn't he? Um, and so I guess they've, they've looked to get him, keep him around the national side. And, you know, he, he started in White Ball cricket before he played Test cricket. He was a great, great White Ball cricketer and has fallen away. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he gets given a game and, and how much, I guess, they rotate through the players they've got. Um, but yeah, like I think it's it's about trying to be as settled as possible, um, you know, with that World Cup group, and just just pick the same team and keep going until that World Cup, and hope the momentum follows them. And speaking of the women's Ashes, if you are interested in the women's side of the game, don't forget to listen to the Scoop podcast with Laura Jolly and Emily Collin. They've got everything covered. They're up in Canberra at the minute for the women's test. Marty, any predictions for the women's test up there? Is it going to stay clear? Are we going to get full four days of cricket? I believe the weather forecast's good, but it's a women's test match four days based on past history. I just want a result that's not a draw. <laughs> we see so often these games end in draws. Um, the weather looks good, so hopefully it's not the case, and particularly after the what happened in Adelaide over the weekend where there was just pretty much no cricket at all. So, yeah, the, uh, my only prediction is hopefully a result and Elise Perry to score at least 100 because it's a test match, and that's pretty much what she does every test match. Thanks a lot for joining me today, Marty, and uh, we'll chat to you very soon. Thank you, mate. Cheers.